Hello, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience. You're joining us today. You're joining us for episode number 38. And today we're back to talk up some more Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves did just release a new DLC called Forsaken Shores. And it's a really interesting DLC, so we're going to get into all the details of that. But before we get into that, just a couple of quick notes, as usual, at the top of the podcast. Our next stream is going to be 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. That's probably going to be some more State of Decay, but I might switch it up next Tuesday, so we'll see. And then our next episode, of course, will be on Saturday, which will obviously be about State of Decay 2. I won't announce the topic for that yet, because I'm still um, mulling around some ideas in my head for what that topic's going to be. But there will be a topic on Saturday. But without further ado, we do have a guest back with us today. You last heard this guest on episode 23, where they came to talk some cursed sales with us. They talked about the Cursed Sales DLC with us. They are a fellow podcaster of the We Need to Talk podcast. Please welcome back Meter to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Derek. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you back. I think we had a great episode last time. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you wholeheartedly. Love this DLC. Definitely. And we got a chance to play it on Saturday. And, you know, what's kind of your first impressions of it after playing oh. on Saturday? Oh, man, I loved it. It's awesome. Agreed. I had a lot of fun with it, and it had some new elements to the game that are really surprising. Like, I didn't think it was going to be as dangerous as it was, but we had to park our boat like so far away from islands sometimes because we were getting shot by volcanoes. So it's crazy. It was. It was awesome. And like the all of the animations, the game, I, I've said it before, it's such a beautiful game. And this is no exception. They did an awesome job with these volcanoes. I agree. And it, it adds a really, you know, tense nature to the region. And I think that's really cool because the previous regions... The tense nature of those regions more, you know, other players. This region is tense in the environment itself. So the environment is your biggest enemy in this region. It is for sure. And uh, I think I this is what I, what I said when we were playing the game is it puts the V in PVE. <laughs> exactly. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which our crew that we sail with, you know, they had said to us that they hadn't seen a lot of PVP in that region. But of course, right at the end of our session, we did have some PVP going on. Unfortunately, we did indeed. That was a very unfortunate ending for the night. <laughs> it was an unfortunate ending, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, it happens sometimes. Hey, that's pirate life. <laughs> now, basically, we had a bunch of chests. You know, we were ending our night, and we were going back to the one outpost that's in the region, which I think could be a mistake on Rare's part. I think it'd be good to have two outposts in the region like the other regions have. But because there's only one outpost in that region, we had to go to that outpost, obviously. And we went there, and... There was like two ships just stocked there waiting for people. So they kind of just were stocking the outposts and they kind of, you know, killed some of us and stuck our treasure. We didn't lose all of our treasure, but we lost some good items there. We did. It was uh, a lot of hours of work and we came out pretty close to empty handed, but we learned a lot and we uh, we saw some awesome sights. Definitely. And I don't know if you agree with what I said there, but I think the decision to put only one outpost in that region might hurt things because... In every other region, like say you're in uh, the wilds or say you're in ancient isles, there's always two outposts in those regions. So if you have people sitting in an outpost, you can always go to the other outpost and kind of, you know, play around with it a little bit. In this region, there's only one outpost to go to. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely puts a, a real hindrance on your ability to cash things in. But I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think that that's a mistake in any way. I think it adds a lot of uh, ability for people to be really, really pirate, do no work and reap all the reward. I think that's 
that's what the pirate life's all about is take everything leave nothing no that's true or i guess if you really wanted to i mean you could sail all the way back to one of the other regions it's you know not out of the questions if you really wanted to you could sail back there to cash in but that's true <laughs> that's a long sailing trip <laughs> it is it is this uh this the dlc the new islands are way out of the way for sure yeah for anyone that doesn't know they're basically located pretty much right off the right side of ancient isles there's a little bit like towards the top of, you know, where the wilds is, but most case, you know, it, it's pretty much right to the right of Asian Isles. So mm, to the far east and uh, most of it's in the south, south quadrant. Exactly. So basically, Ancient Spire Outpost is probably going to be the closest island to this region. So I guess if you really wanted to, you could sail to Ancient Spire and try to cash in some there. Absolutely. But we spoke about some of the new islands a little bit, so we'll kind of get into those a little bit. Um, I don't have an impression on all of the islands yet because we didn't see every single island, but... The islands have 15 new ones in total. There's five big islands and 10 smaller ones. So we'll kind of go over a little bit of the bigger islands. We did talk about the outpost a little bit. It's called Moro's Peak Outpost. And it's obviously have a volcano theme, which, you know, the whole region has a volcanic theme to it. Did you have any impressions on this outpost at all? Yeah, I mean, this uh, everything about the, the new islands was awesome. I love the the whole motif about the uh, about volcanoes. I think it's... They did a really good job on it, and um, as I like, we were reading a lot of the flavor text and a lot of the uh, talking to a lot of the shopkeeps and all that. And uh, they did, they definitely did a great job um, with that. My biggest gripe is that there was nowhere for us to uh, to cash in gunpowder barrels or anything like that because the merchants weren't over there yet. Right, which is unfortunate, and this is speculation on our part, but we expected that the merchants weren't there because cargo runs which we'll talk about a little bit more in detail later in the episode but cargo runs aren't available until week three of the dlc so i'm assuming they're not going to put the merchants in there till week three that's what i assume yeah i mean that definitely makes the most sense um but i think it also makes sense in the storyline that the you know you have the the merchant alliance and they just have not braved this area yet this is a new area that's recently explored and recently discovered and mapped and they just haven't gotten over there yet to actually establish themselves like a government wouldn't go over they'd send a bunch of people they don't care if they live or die and then if it works out they'd take it back over right and that kind of makes sense lore wise too with the factions because order of souls you'd expect they'd be over there fast because you know they're very bloodthirsty they just want to kill things you know they'd be over there really fast and the gold hoarders they might not you know be as bloodthirsty but they're so greedy that they're like well screw it i'm gonna go for the treasure anyways <laughs> absolutely it makes a lot of sense um it's just from the gameplay point of view when you're trying to cash stuff in mildly frustrating definitely it's not you know game breakingly frustrating i would say though i mean there's definitely things that have frustrated me more in the past than this oh absolutely the rowboats were way worse <laughs> those were kind of fun though we had some funny stories with that um <laughs> <laughs> those were really fun <laughs> we can get into that story in a little bit but <laughs> but um some of the other bigger islands we have fetcher's rest which i know we actually went on to that was our first island we actually had a quest on do you want to talk a little bit about the experience of the gold hoarder quest we did there? Yeah, I mean this was a this was the the huge island, right? The one where we had five different chests on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and there were we we took a rowboat um, from the main boat because there's a volcano on this island and landed on a very small strip of island uh, to the the west side of the island, and we we beached the boat uh, so that we could just it wouldn't go anywhere. And all of a sudden, the ground started shaking, and there was an earthquake, and it started splitting open places, and absolutely boiling hot water came pouring out, 
straight up into the sky. All these geysers popped up out of nowhere. Yeah, and what I was stupid enough to not know at the time, because I just started playing the DLC, I parked our boat right next to the geyser, and the geyser ruined our boat. So. <laughs> it wrecked that boat so fast, and we're like, where'd the boat go? Oh, we parked on top of a fissure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, guys, I think the rowboat's sinking, and I went down below. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely sunk. <laughs> one of the i mean one of the best parts about this being a new area and a new island is that we were all disoriented while on the island we were trying to to find the find where we needed to go and it's super dangerous because you have skeletons and you have skeletons with bombs inevitably blowing you up but it, it brought back a lot of from the early game when i was disoriented i didn't know the islands that kind of wore off over time and now it, it's back because i don't know these islands anymore so I get to relearn islands and uh, and fight my way through it all the way uh, with new challenges such as a, a literal volcano. Right, definitely. And I forget who was it said it. It was either yourself or our two crewmates we will mention, Jobadiah and Samusai, who sailed with us. But it was one of the three of us that actually mentioned, you know, it's even harder when you're disoriented because you can't just go back to your ship and check the map real quick because we had to park our ship way away from the islands. You can't just go back to your ship easily. Absolutely. Now, this one, we were lucky enough. It was the I think it was the biggest island we actually landed on, but it we had the map because it was it was a a treasure one uh, where it actually shows the X's on the map. But once we got all of the chests, because the boat was so far away, we couldn't just bring the bring them back to the boat one at a time. We had to bring them all at once or bring the boat back in. So we had to find our way back over to that area, and that proved to be difficult in and of itself sometimes. Right. I remember one time we were trying to sail back in the rowboat, and I asked you, okay, are we going the right direction? You're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll get into why when we talk about rowboats. I don't want to jump the gun too much on that. But uh, looking at the map, it, it doesn't look like an absolutely massive island, but when you're on it, you're at, you know, one point, say you're at the northernmost point, and then you're running down and you're like, man, I don't even recognize the landmarks because there's it's just so much land mass. Right, definitely. It's really a huge island and it makes it tough to find things on there when you're not used to the island yet. So I think you'd really have to get used to it a lot more. For sure. And I'm excited to do so. Definitely. Me too. I think these new islands are really cool. And, you know, we can kind of move along um, our islands here. We'll kind of jump around between the small and big islands, I guess. But the next island we have is a smaller island called Cursewater Shores. This is an island we didn't actually visit, but to me, it looks like the most interesting island for my taste because it's basically like an island that's a circle and then it has a huge pool of water in the middle. So it's very interesting and I'm really excited to explore this one. Yeah, what's the, um, what's that, is the fortress where you have that tiny little pool of water in the middle um, and sometimes it pops as a skull fort? Anyway, it reminds, me of, that, top it head, reminds yeah. me of that one a lot, except with a real body of water instead of a tiny little pool. Right, exactly. And imagine if a volcano goes off and, you know, that water all gets boiling. That'd be really crazy. That would be. That, that would be crazy. And it seems like this island would be really hard to navigate in some senses, too, because we didn't see it. So I don't know if there's a volcano actually on this island, but if there's geysers on this island, too, since the island has such a small strip of land... If there's geysers all through that strip, it's probably really hard to navigate those geysers. That's a really good point. If this thing is littered with geysers, this might be one of the most dangerous islands. I found the geysers way more dangerous than the volcano when you're on foot. Yeah, it's really crazy when it lets you off in the air for the first time or two. You're like, oh, I'm in the air. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Great way to kill skeletons. <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't actually visited that island, so we can't say much on it, but it looks like a very interesting island, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get there. But one of these small islands we did visit was called Flames End. And this island is sort of two smaller islands put together. It's got like, you know, a small strip of land and then a smaller island off to the right of it. Um, we had a quest on this island. I mean, I don't have any, you know, huge comments about it, but it's a fairly good, you know, smaller island, I would say. Yeah, it was a it was a real quick quest because of the, the nature of the island. It's very small. A lot of rocks. This is almost all. There's almost more rock than there is land. Definitely. And I do remember for this one. Um, one thing we'll mention, too, is it seems like you get lucky with your quests a lot more in from our experience, at least, in Forsaken Shores, because we had a skeleton quest here where we had to, you know, do some oral soul stuff and fight skeletons. But we also had a map that we picked up in a bottle, and that map in the bottle actually ended up being on Flames End as well. So it was a two-for-one for us. And basically, when we got here, I went and digged up the chest while you guys fought the skeletons. Absolutely. It worked out perfect, and uh, we were in and out pretty quick for doing two separate quests. Now, this one, the entire island had had those uh the geysers on it is that correct yes so that whole strip had geysers and it was crazy <laughs> yeah it was that was very difficult but it also made fighting the skeletons way easier and the rocks the the geysers don't appear on the rocks so having all of these rocks is actually really really helpful definitely but another island we have is flintlock peninsula this is one of the bigger islands i would say um this is another island we didn't get to check out we only had to check out about six or seven islands out of the 15 so we got to check about half of them but just by looking at the island, I mean, it looks like a pretty cool island. It has a lot of rocks, though, it looks like. So, you know, hopefully that would offer you a little bit more protection from geysers. But I guess we'd find out when we get there. It does. It has It has a lot. What I The thing I'm noticing the most is that there's, uh, you know, it's separated, it looks like, into two parts, uh, a northern part and a southern part. And there's rocks in between uh, any inlet or outlet. But that's where the dock is. So the, the idea would be you'd have to go through those rocks in order to get to the dock. Right. And that make it really difficult too. So <laughs> it would, but I think it would also make it very difficult for other people to come in and attack you. It would be very obvious they're coming in. It's only two entrances. True. You could also kind of hide a rowboat easily in there. I think too. I mean, you could just you know drive your rowboat in, hide it behind some rocks, and people wouldn't even know you're there. Possibly. Yeah, that's a really good point. So maybe this is a good island to hide at. We'll have to find out. Absolutely. But another one of the islands. This one's a pretty small one. It's called Roaring Sands. And you can refresh me, but I believe we went here briefly, but it's basically this island is just kind of like, it's almost like a stick. It's basically just, you know, some rocks to the left of it and then a little bit of land to the right. Yeah, it kind of looks like a drumstick if you count the rocks as part of, yeah, the, exactly. as part of the topography. Do you remember if we went there? I, I think we went there briefly, but I don't think it was very long. I, I don't remember. Um, this one does not look familiar to me, but I, I never actually looked at the map um, downstairs. Right. So we might have just dropped off there briefly, you know, grab the chest and then head out out. So, oh, it's also possible that we were just going past it and we just put our feet on it and then got off. Is it that one? I think that's a different one you're thinking of. There was one, one island. We sh we shot ourselves up at a cannon and we just pinged the island. So we get credit for the combination. So we did that for one island. So that might have been the island. But oh, OK, but next we have Ruby's Fall. This is a smaller island. And Ruby's Fall was going to be our great conquest if we had more time because we actually ended up with quests that had seven skeleton captains and one chest on this island. So this was going to be the next thing we hit if we had enough time to play it. And that would have been a huge haul, but we just didn't have time at the other night. Absolutely. And this one has a volcano on it as well. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how, which other ones had uh, had volcanoes. Was it just the, the first one we talked about? 
the Fetcher's uh, Rest. Pe- had one. This one had one. I think that's it so far that had noticeable ones. Okay. But, I mean, just because it doesn't have a volcano, though, doesn't really mean anything because we had situations where volcanoes were passing by were almost hitting us. So, Absolutely. even if you're, you know, near a volcano, it's still pretty bad. It is. And you can see them erupting when you're, no matter how far away you are, and you can get hit from real far away. Definitely. But, yeah, I mean, Ruby's Fall looks like a pretty cool island to investigate. And because it has a volcano on there and it's a smaller island, I think that would really add some challenges because if that erupts when you're on there, there's not a lot of room to hide from that. You know, the lava is going to start coming down. There's going to be geysers everywhere. There's really not a lot of room to hide in the island. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think uh, it does. It looks like all of the shores are very, very open. So, I, you know, you were talking earlier about being able to hide a rowboat somewhere. I, I can only see one or two spots that I would want to hide a rowboat in this area. Uh, I feel like you'd just be able to see it everywhere. Right, I agree. I mean, the only spot that looks like it'd be decent to hide a rowboat would maybe be... um. There's like a little tiny patch of land to the south of it. Maybe wedge it in between the two, the big island and the small one. Yeah. No, that's definitely smart. But there's not a lot of room to hide there, I'd say. You know, there's a lot of volcanic ash that's going to be coming your way and possibly some PvP as well. So that, that might be an island where you have to try and get in and get out fast. It looks pretty littered with magma, too, for when, uh, when it's done erupting. Definitely. But next we have Scorch Pass, which this is another smaller island. It's got a lot of rocks to it, and I think it's probably called Scorch Pass because when magma gets on it, there's only like a little path that you can get by the other side of the island, and it looks like the magma goes all the way on the island. Yeah, that's a, a good observation. It, I mean, this looks like a real hard one to get lost in. You got, you got pretty much two sections, and one of them's just a path. Right, exactly. And, you know, one section is like kind of covered in rocks, so if yeah. you actually have to find some chests here for like riddles and stuff, there's probably not a lot of you know, landmarks you have to look at, I think. Unless there's a cave we can't see somewhere in here, which is always possible in CFP. Yeah, definitely possible. So that's another one I'm really curious to try out. I mean, this DLC, you know, it makes me really excited to try out all these islands because, you know, we've never had new islands since the game launched. So it's really cool to see all these fresh islands. Like, oh, let me go try this island and see what it's like. Absolutely. It's, It's definitely exciting. And I look forward to, this one looks really interesting. I look forward to doing some quests on it. I agree for sure. But one that we actually did check out is the Devil's Thirst. It's another one that has a volcano on it. It's a bigger island. And this one, you know, has the giant volcano. It's, for my money, I mean, it could be wrong, but I think it's probably the biggest volcano that I've seen. Just from looking at the pictures. Yeah, so it's a really huge volcano. And, you know, there's not a lot of land to hide on there. I mean, the shores are pretty open. It's got um, one little tiny island that's detached, but... It's basically, you know, one main island and then one small island. Yeah, I mean, everything is just, uh, like you were saying, there's there's just nowhere to hide on this one. Uh, yeah. It looks like there's there's possibility for magma pretty much everywhere. Even that little tiny, tiny island, uh, there's, there's it's just covered magma. Um, so if you're there when the volcano's erupting, there's just not much room, especially given the size of, of the island. The volcano's just huge. Agreed. Although you can refresh me if I'm correct on this, but there was one island we actually brought our like main ship close to it and the main ship barely took any damage. It might have been this one if I remember right, because it might be where like this volcano is so big that it doesn't shoot magma as close to the islands. So maybe that's why we didn't have any trouble. Yeah, uh, you're, you're probably right. Your memory is uh, significantly better than mine on, on stuff like this. Um, so I think... Uh, that's pro- That's a really good point, that the size of the volcano may mean that you can get in closer than you can with other islands. 
Right. That, that's what my force. guess would be. Yeah. Because, I mean, we were really surprised by it because we were stuck on an island at one point, And this is the one I'm thinking of. It had like a cave where we had to fight some skeletons in a cave. And basically, we were fighting the cave. And then we realized the island was erupting. Our ship was actually close by to the island. We went back thinking, oh, crap, our ship is thinking. And our ship wasn't sinking at all. It had like one hole you know, below deck. And that's all I had. We're like, how did that happen? Like, how do we only get one hole out of the entire eruption? <laughs> yeah, this is the one where you fell in that hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember this one. This was a good island. <laughs> no, it was really funny. I was just walking and then I randomly fell in a hole. I'm like, whoa, I fell in a hole and now I'm dead. <laughs> And everybody in the party was like, what are you talking about? You fell in a hole. And the second I said that, I fell in the hole. I'm like, oh, I fell in a hole. Yeah, you guys didn't even believe me at first. I'm like, no, I really <laughs> fell in a hole. I really did. It was just like a random hole in the middle of the map. And we both fell in it. And there were tons of skeletons down there. But you guys wouldn't believe it. I'm like, no, really, I fell in a hole. <laughs> I believed you pretty quick. <laughs> no, it was definitely fun, though. I like this live a lot. And... It's really cool to navigate this island with that huge volcano. So it's a really cool island, I think. Absolutely. I agree. But the next island is one we actually didn't check out. It's called the Forsaken Brink. This is a smaller island, and it looks kind of like a shoe or a foot, basically. You know, because it basically has um, kind of like an ankle at the top, a very small, narrow uh, gap, and then kind of like what you call a foot at the bottom with some rocks on it. Yeah, it kind of looks like a backwards Italy. Yeah, exactly. And kind of out, out of the back of it, you know, where your heel would be. It kind of has like maybe what you count as, you know, spurs and a cowboy boot. So it's kind of like a boot maybe. Yeah, good. Good. I, I dig that. That's a good uh, good description. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting island, I think. I mean, it seems like, you know, you wouldn't have a lot to do in this island. But, you know, it's got um, some decent land to check out there, I'd say. Absolutely. I like this uh, This the off the spur, the very, very furthest west, um, that little tiny plot of land there. <laughs> yes. I'm wondering what It'd that's It'd be funny about. if you... Well, it'd be funny if you actually get a chest in there on X. You'd have to be like, oh, I have to swim all the way over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you'd know exactly where it is. That's true. Or imagine if you had a riddle and like, you know, it's something you were looking around the whole island for the riddle and then you end up finding, oh, it's on this little tiny patch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was there because, I mean, imagine if you're on the island, it'd be hard to see behind all those rocks. Right. Exactly. So, I mean... You know, it could be like, uh, look for the unmarked grave or something like that. And then this unmarked grave is on that little tiny patch of land. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you look for an hour. <laughs> we'll have to explore this one pretty thoroughly and see what's out there. Definitely. That sounds like a lot of fun. But the next one, um, I was going to classify this as smaller, but it actually, looking at it a little bit more, it looks like a bigger island a little bit. It's called it Ashen it, Reaches. It looks like one of the bigger. Yeah, it looks like one of the bigger ones. I mean... Based on just the picture alone, I, I think we went to this one. So uh, it's got like a lot of rocks in the right hand side. And basically in the center of the left hand side, there's some more rocks. And it looks like it's kind of a rock circle going around it. Yeah, I, I definitely see see exactly what you're talking about. And you got the uh, you got the dock up in the, the top left hand. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't remember if we went to this one, honestly. I, for some reason, I feel like we might have, but... This might be the one we pinged, you know, just randomly. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I I can't remember either, to be fair. Yeah, so we might have visited this one. We might not have. But I mean, if I haven't visited it, I definitely plan on it in the future. And it looks like another, you know, very cool island. It does. I, I like in the, the east here how it goes way uphill and it's all like rocks. So I imagine if you have to get to the top of there, which I could, I could imagine a riddle being like, get to the highest point in the east, then... You'd have to climb and jump up the rocks, which could be really fun. Yeah, or fire yourself out of can, maybe. 
Touche. So that might work too. Now you're thinking with portals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I definitely see what you're thinking. I mean, getting up those rocks sounds like it'd be very tough. I mean, looking at the map, I only see maybe one path you can do it with that jumping of rocks. Like if you go way up to the north, it looks like you can maybe make a line through the sand there that you can get up the top possibly. Ah, I see what you're talking. I was thinking straight up the gut. If you use the rocks to to wedge yourself so you don't fall down. But if there's magma there, it looks like the magma covers most of that side. So that's a really really good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not used to seeing magma on a map. Yeah, so the magma definitely makes it interesting. It does. <laughs> now the first time I saw it, like I think it was uh, Joe Badai said, like, oh, the lava's coming down. I'm like, wait, a lava? Really? I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, there's lava there. Oh, oh there, you're not there's kidding. literal lava. <laughs> it was really cool though but um one of these smaller ones is called brimstone rock and this one seems kind of interesting it's basically got a bunch of rocks at the north of it it's got you know the main part of the island and then it has a couple of smaller islands off the edge of that um it's you know very tiny it looks like but it looks like something interesting to check out yeah it looks like it'd be again really easy to to do the quests on uh, i imagine with like skeletons if for whatever reason you got those you could land on shore and you'd be fighting them instantly. Um, the the rocks definitely look like hair to me, like like Chucky from Rugrats hair. Oh, I could see that, yeah. Now you can kind of see his head there a little bit. Yeah, it's Chucky <laughs> from the Rugrats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. And then over to the right, you can kind of see like a little bit ear, maybe. Oh, looks like yeah. Where the magma is. Yeah, yeah. looks like ear. Wow. <laughs> maybe it's closer to Hey Arnold. I don't know. That's true. It could be Hey Arnold, yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's definitely a 90s kids show. <laughs> exactly that's what they theme this island after <laughs> it is it's called uh nickelodeon rock <laughs> exactly <laughs> no but it seems like a fun island and i'm definitely you know excited to check out hey arnold again <laughs> <laughs> oh that was brimstone rock <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but next on our list we have an island called cinder islet um, this one is basically a two-part island. It's got, you know, one little island at the top and then a smaller island at the bottom. And the smaller island is kind of connecting two larger landmasses. And one of the landmasses has a bunch of rocks and magma. So it seems like one part of this island is very easy to get to with nothing to worry about. And then the other part is very dangerous. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of uh, two cells dividing. No, I can see that, yeah. With that little bit in between, like as they divide, there's always that little bit that finally needs to break before they're two full cells. Right. I can see that for sure. Except one's and, you a know, bad boy. Yeah. One is very dangerous and, you know, rocky and you could die there. The other one looks, you know, kind of like calm. But for all we know, we haven't been to this one yet. I mean, Cinder Islet could have a bunch of geysers on the other side. so It could. And those geysers, uh, I think, are way more dangerous than the magma. The magma, you can see it. You take a little bit of damage if you touch it, but the those geysers, man, those pop up out of nowhere. Agreed. And you know those geysers, they just shoot you up in the air, and then you fall back down and take a bunch of damage. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But next, we have a bigger island called Magma's Tide. We didn't actually check this one out, but it looks very interesting. It's a big island. You know, it seems very big. It seems like it's um maybe not as big as Fetcher's Rest, but pretty close to the size of that. So I would say it's, you know, one of the top three biggest islands, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that very well may be. Uh, it's hard to hard to tell. Definitely hard to tell. I mean, you know, with the islands we haven't visited, it's kind of hard to say, but it, it looks pretty huge. And 
it's another island that's got, you know, a bunch of rocks at the north. Uh, the south looks pretty clear, but it's got magma pretty much all throughout the island. Yeah, and that, that magma is not something that you want to have to jump around. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, if you want to get warm, I guess you could jump in it. But <laughs> Get real wrong real quick. Exactly. <laughs> but next we have our final one. Our final island we haven't talked about is called Glowstone Cay. And Glowstone Cay is another smaller island. It's basically two islands. Um, there's one island at the top that's, you know, pretty much all rocks and magma. And then one at the bottom that's, you know, mostly free land, but it has a lot more magma, I would say. It does. Absolutely. And uh, you get the, the north-south thing here. Um, you get that little patch of land between all of the rocks in the north. Uh, but like you said, it's, it's covered in magma, so there's not much going there. And, and then randomly off to the left-hand side, there's like a little tiny patch of island that looks safe, too. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine if you were if you came in from the north, let's say you had to get a treasure chest up here on the north shore, then if you needed to get to the south, you couldn't run just straight through the island. There's just too much too much magma, and there's the rocks bordering you on either sides. You may have to actually right. go all the way around just to get to the other side of the island. Yeah, I mean, strategy-wise, it looks like with this island, it might be smart to take your big ship and kind of park it like that little patch of island that's between the two islands. Park it at that patch of island and then shoot yourself with a cannon to both islands. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good idea. Because that patch of island is kind of close enough to both sets of islands. So Yeah. Why do you think they call it Glowstone K? I mean, I would think it's because it has a lot of magma, but we've seen other islands that have more magma than that, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, well, fair enough. Maybe it's because it's the magma... Do you think the magma goes... I, I can't tell, but do you think it goes underneath the rocks there and maybe it makes them like kind of glow? Yeah, that's in the in the center of the island. That could be, hmm. or maybe oh, for all we know, there's like a maybe there's a hidden cave there. Maybe the cave is part of it. That's a really good point. We'll have to we'll have to find out. Definitely, but you know, those are the fifteen islands. Um, I don't know if you technically have a favorite because I know you haven't seen them all yet. But if you have a favorite, you know, talk about that. Um, let's see. I I mean, I really like this one with the with the huge volcano on it where we were falling in in holes and stuff. That I mean that. Just the size of that Devil's volcano, thirst, yeah. yeah, yeah. The size of that volcano is just intimidating, and it must spit uh, volcanic rocks so far. Yeah, for me, I mean, even though I haven't been there yet, I I'm just really partial to Cursed Water Shores because I really like how it's an entire circle of land with like you know water in the center there. It looks like really cool to me. So you can maybe even you know swim underneath the island and pop up the side. I don't know how far the island goes down. So Oh man, I hadn't even thought of that. That would be really cool if it was like a floating island. Yeah, that'd be really cool though. You could like swim underneath the island and pop up in the middle. That'd be kind of cool. Or even if there was like a cave on one end that you could like go through the narrow cave and get in there. I remember when we were doing um what was it? The Hungering Deep. You had to swim down deep into this cave and underwater and just to get like a book or whatever as part of the story. Yeah, no, definitely. That would be cool. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really cool island. And honestly, I like all of these islands. I'm really excited to, you know, try them out. Absolutely. And once again, they, they did a great job. For sure. You know, so great job, Rare, on making these islands. Good job, Rare. But now that we talked about the islands, we can kind of talk about some of the new elements, which I know we mentioned the rowboats a couple of times. So now we can officially get into the rowboats. And that's <laughs> one of the new elements we have here. Are we going to be able so. to officially get into the rowboats, though? Well, maybe not. I mean, you can get <laughs> to the middle of them, but not. <laughs> the rowboats were by far the glitchiest thing I've ever played in this game. Absolutely. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons it got delayed. 
because they delayed this DLC for a week. I was supposed to talk about it last week, but they delayed it a week. Yeah, I mean, I I know we were we were never sitting like in the rowboat. Maybe in the very very beginning, but very quickly the rowboat got glitched, and then we were sitting inside the rowboat, like literally sitting on the water, and our he- only our heads were poking up. I have a picture of it. I'll post it in the Discord. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd love to check that picture out. As for like actually rowing, how did you feel that one? I thought it wasn't that bad as soon as I got used to it. I mean, um, luckily, Jobadiah, who was with us, he actually had done it before. So he kind of told us some of the tricks to rowing. And it's actually not as bad when you get used to it because I was just trying to tap the triggers. But I'm like, I'm not doing anything. What's going on? But you have to actually hold the trigger and then let go of it. And that's how you row. So it's, you know, pretty intuitive how it works, I think. Yeah. And you have both oars. So you can, if you need to turn, you can just press the left trigger and then you'll turn in the correct direction that you're looking to go or vice versa if you're trying to go the opposite direction. Right. And what he actually figured out while we were playing too is you can hold um, left or right bumper to kind of stick your oar in the water and turn without moving. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. I didn't even catch that. We, I, I feel really lucky that we had them there with us. Uh, I think I think we would have t- failed miserably without them. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, because at first we were sailing together and I'm really glad that they joined up with us because <laughs> they at least had played the DLC before so they kind of knew a little bit what they're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, there was there was another section as far as the rowboat goes, and that's docking the rowboat onto the boat itself. Yes, and you had a fun time with that. You want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, I, first, I got us lost because you're, you're, I mean, you're rowing backwards, so like you, you need to look behind you, which you can do. But if the water is bad, which it usually is because of all of the all of the earthquakes and the, the lava everywhere and so I, I had us way off course, finally got us back on course, and uh, I, I just kept missing get, getting to the boat, and uh, you have to get it to the back of the boat and then press Y to, to have it bring you up to the top, and uh, and then you have your boat, you have a rowboat docked on the back of your boat that you can use. Right. And that docking seemed like it was kind of difficult. I mean... It was def- definitely... <laughs> the concept is easy. Execution yes. by me was very difficult. But on top of it, it was super glitchy. So instead of seeing like trying to look from a sitting position, I was trying to look from almost in the water and sometimes in the water just because of how glitchy the rowboat was. Right. And because, you know, you're sitting like halfway into the water. I mean, you can barely see above the boat. So like when I was steering at times, I'm like, "Uh, guys, can you tell me where I'm going? I can't really see anything. Exactly. (laughs) No excuse. To be fair. And I want this to be clear. I did an awful job. But the rowboat wasn't helping me. No, it was not. It seems like the only seat you can actually see in the rowboat is the seat that's like by the chest, because that one seems like it sits properly. But the other two seats seem like it doesn't sit properly. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was just that rowboat. Maybe we somehow glitched that specific one, or if it was maybe, all rowboats. Yeah. I mean, we only played that one time, so you know, maybe it's maybe it was an isolated thing. I mean, I've seen the I've seen the Meg literally flying in the air before, so. <laughs> you right. never know which is kind of laughable too i mean we had that robot which we called like the shitty robo and it kept glitching out on us we found a brand new robo it was perfect everything and then we were like okay you know we found a new robo you know don't let anything happen to this robot and then a skeleton blows up next to it <laughs> almost immediately <laughs> almost immediately so we're like, like, well, well i guess we still got the other one <laughs> exactly i so think my like, favorite back, thing back to the shitty one my favorite thing that the robo did was definitely a glitch I was trying to see where I was going way off course. So I got out of the rowboat because I was sitting down so far in it. 
And then I climbed back into it and I was trying to like stand up in the rowboat and look what you should be able to do. The game is designed so you can do that. But instead what it did was it put me underneath the boat. So I tried to swim <laughs> out and then it started glitching me up and down. I wasn't moving, but I was like vibrating up and down. And then finally, when it let me go, it had built up and saved all of that energy of the up and down motion. And it launched me way, way up in the air, like so high. <laughs> and then I crashed all the way down into the water and ended up at the bottom of the ocean because I fell so far from the sky. That was yeah, awesome. Some, something ha similar happened to me. I don't remember going as high in the air as you did, but I definitely went way deep in the ocean. I'm like, wait, how did I get this far out of the ocean? I'm like, well, what happened to me? <laughs> I had never seen the bottom of the ocean. It's just a bunch of rocks, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to see the bottom of the ocean, this is what you have to do. <laughs> I almost drowned just swimming back up. That's how deep it is. So just be wary. Definitely. But speaking of that water, too, I mean... We mentioned the volcanoes and everything. What's really cool about the water is when the volcano goes up, it actually has volcanic ash fall in the water, and it's really intuitive because it makes the water boiling. So there's one time I had to get back to the ship really fast. I had to swim through the water, and the water was, you know, hurting me because it's, it's you know, boiling. It's boiling my skin. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if this is something that just I was experiencing or if it was across the board, but... When you were taking damage, were you seeing your health bar? I was, yes. Interesting, because I didn't have a health bar, and I died a lot because I had no idea what my health was at. Yeah, I think that was just a glitch for you personally. I don't know why, but... Yeah, fascinating. But I, the boiling water is... That's a brilliant thing to put in. I would have never thought of that when putting in a volcano, that the water around a volcano was really hot. Right, exactly. It, it makes sense, for sure. So that's like that um, Cursed Water Shores we were talking about. If that you know has a volcano near it, then... That's going to be really interesting to have all that water in the middle to have, you know, basically boiling and then all the land around it, possibly geysers there. So that's going to be really interesting to navigate that. Yeah, out. that would definitely be dangerous and a lot of fun. For sure. And real quick with the rowboats, um, it was funny when you're trying to park it because Samoset had to go at one point. So he got replaced by uh, a random legend joining our crew. It was really funny for that legend, you know, kind of watching you try to spark the boat. <laughs> he was just kind of clapping. <laughs> I finally got it parked, and then I, I get up to the top, and I jump out of the boat, and I look over, and this legend, who doesn't have voice chat, is just clapping, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it was that bad. I had to mention that, though. I mean, it that was guy very was funny. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least he wasn't talking. If he was talking, he'd probably be like, oh, God. <laughs> no, nah, we had a lot of fun with him. He was uh, He was definitely a good crewmate. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, with rowboats, they're pretty intuitive, except for the glitches. I mean, hopefully they fix the glitches soon, but the glitches do make it kind of funny at times. They so. definitely do. Also, also kind of frustrating at times. But mostly I was just having a good time being launched in the air and sitting in the boat. At one time, I just looked up. I was steering, looking behind me, and I turned around to say to to say something to you guys to be like, can you guys see anything? And I just saw two people just their heads sticking out with a giant treasure chest over their heads. And I was like, man, this is just too good. <laughs> no, I would say they definitely want to fix where you have to sit in the boat because it's pretty bad if you're sitting like basically halfway in the water. But I'd say the you know one launches you in the air. That's a fun glitch. You know, don't fix that one. <laughs> just let that one be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to just get launched in the air whenever I open. Whoa, I'm in the air now. 
Maybe they'll just add a straight up cannon in the middle of them. Just let you shoot yourself at your leisure. Yeah, it could be like, you know, classic Donkey Kong. You just shoot yourself up in the cannon and land back in it. <laughs> Going back to their roots. Rare's roots. Exactly. <laughs> That's where they got the idea. You know, they're like, well, let's make a Donkey Kong cannon, but not actually have a cannon here. Oh, I want to say something. I don't know. I don't know if I said last time that we talked about Sea of Thieves and it's about Donkey Kong. So sometimes I hear you. You ever play Donkey Kong Country? Yes. And for you sure. know how in one of the barrel when they're in a barrel when like dk or diddy is in a barrel they make the that the monkey noise and you hear yep. him banging on the side of the barrel i hear yep. that all the time in this game and i think it's not just me hearing it huh i, I haven't heard that personally but i mean i definitely like to hear it though but if anyone else has heard it please please say something on the discord because i want to feel like i'm not crazy you're like the fifth person I've said this to, and nobody has been able to verify that they've heard that too. But it sounds like a monkey noise and then a banging on the barrel, and it's the same sound that's in uh, Donkey Kong Country when Diddy is in a barrel. And did you play Donkey Kong Country before you played that? <laughs> yeah, I actually had it running in the background. Why? Do you think it's relevant? <laughs> that might be relevant a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, if that actually is a thing, like I would love to hear that. I just unfortunately haven't yet, but... I'll have to uh, I'll have to find it on one of my streams and show you. I'd really hope too that at some point they make like a Donkey Kong figurehead or something. I would want to buy that for sure. Yeah, I, they did. Uh, they did Banjo. Why wouldn't they do Donkey Kong or Diddy Kong? Right, exactly. I mean, so you know, maybe they can have like a Diddy Kong sale and like a Donkey Kong figurehead or something. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be cool. I would definitely buy those for sure. Agreed. But a couple other elements we did talk about the volcanoes. So you know, there's obviously lava that comes down the side of the volcanoes. Um, it obviously burns you and kills you. We didn't talk as much, though, about earthquakes. What I thought was interesting about the earthquakes is when the volcano goes up, it has like an earthquake effect, and the earthquake effect kind of feels like you're drunk. So it feels like a grog ball or like you're walking with one of the thousand grog checks because when it goes off, like you can't walk straight. You know, kind of, you kind of walk crooked. Yeah, it feels a little bit like that. I think that the the being drunk in the game is like way, way more exaggerated version of it. It feels like like very, very lightly tipsy. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's not as bad as if you're really drunk, but it, it definitely has some of those effects, I would say, because you, you kind of wobble a little bit. It does. It pulls for sure. And we did talk about the geysers a little bit. You know, I agree with you. Those are probably the most dangerous because these geysers are not just like, OK, there's one geyser. Just avoid that one geyser. The geysers are literally littered all over the island. So basically anywhere you walk, it's like, oh, a geyser's about to go. Oh, geyser, geyser. <laughs> yeah, and I was noticing a lot that the geysers would like they would bubble over, um, but they wouldn't break until something stepped on them, and then they would break. So it's like landmines all over the place. And as <laughs> yeah. they were forming, as the volcano was starting to erupt and they were forming, they could form right out under you and instantly launch you in the air, and there's no way you could avoid it. Yeah, and I remember the first time I actually got hit by one of the geysers. I went up in the air. I'm like, whoa, what's what's happening? And then I went down to the ground. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I hit the ground. I lost like half my health. I'm like, okay, that's not fun. And <laughs> <laughs> now, if you use them tactically and you use them to to kill the uh, the skeletons, they can be. I mean, they're one hit kills on just about every skeleton. I was I drove into them. Right. It's just the fact that like you know, not knowing that it's going to do damage to me like that. I'm like, oh uh, dang, <laughs> that's Abs kind of a shock to me. Absolutely. It, it is. It's a lot of fun being launched way up into the air, but when you land on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But I could definitely see the tactical use of that. I mean, 
And even if you're being like chased by some enemies or something, you could use that to your advantage too and be like, oh, here's some geysers here. Let me walk over this. And then if somebody's chasing you, they get thrown in the air. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a lot of, you know, new elements to those. And I really like the new elements that volcanoes bring. But another new element that uh, we actually checked out is the first thing we checked out for the DLC. There's a lot of the small traders throughout the regions. So even in the main regions, like uh, the wilds um, in Ancient Isles and Golden Shands, there's two traders per region. And basically these traders are like little traders. They just have a little tiny trader post right in the middle of the water. And you can go to their trader posts and they have a little bit of resources you can grab, but you can also buy things from them. And it's a very small stock of items, but the list of items is supposed to change frequently. So I guess if you went back there like the next day, it'd be completely different, you know, stock of items. And that's a really cool concept. It means you don't have to necessarily drive all over the map in order to find, you know, the specific thing you want. Maybe just hit one or two of the traders. And then if it's not there, go do some quests, come back, see if it's changed. Right, definitely. And I see they actually name one of the traders after you. So yeah, I'm sure you're excited about that. <laughs> I am. It's it's probably the, the, the greatest honor that I've experienced thus far. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I pointed that out to you the map. I'm like, hey, look, yeah, th- there's your home. <laughs> that That is my home. And I, everything on that island is free for me. <laughs> well, you could donate some things to me. I mean, I would appreciate it. <laughs> Listen, I'll get you a heavy discount. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> No, but I, I like the concept of those for sure. I mean, it'd probably be frustrating if you go all the way to a trader and they don't have what you want. But I think that's why the traders are more meant as like, oh, you know, there's a trader on the way. Let, let's just see what he has. Like, I don't think it's meant to be something that you purposely seek out. I think it's meant to be something like, oh, it's on the way. Let's check it out. Absolutely. I'm wondering if you could um, you could almost like store store stuff there. Like, let's say you're you're going and doing a bunch of loot and you'd store a bunch of uh, chests or something over in that area to come back to later. Um, I'm wondering if that might be a safe place to do something like that. That's a really good idea because I feel like the traders, you know, they're probably going to be frequented a lot less by players. So you could probably dump like, you know, extra stuff there, just come back later and it, it will probably still be there. I mean, obviously, you know, there's chances that it wouldn't be, but I would think not a lot of people are one of those traders. Yeah. And at very least, if they're going there, they're not looking around being like, oh, did someone leave something here? So there's a good chance they won't be exploring if you put it just away from the trader. Not that there's a lot of room on a lot of those. Yeah. The one guy we talked to, I felt so bad for him. You know, he was just talking about like, oh, I'm so lonely. Please be my friend. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That that guy, the flavor text, like like we were saying, is uh, in in a lot of these is really good. But that character was just so sad. (laughs) He was. I just wanted to give him like a cookie or something. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring him cookies next time. Sounds good. We'll, we'll go to your uh, home first and we'll get some cookies and then we'll go back there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, those are pretty cool uh, little spots and definitely a good idea you had there with, you know, storing the chest there and stuff. So I'll have to try that sometime. It sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But the Forsaken Shores region, what I thought was really cool is it actually has specific missions just for that region. Because what I was worried about, like, when we first went into play the uh, new DLC, I thought we were just going to have to explore the regions and not do any quests. But what I didn't realize is they actually have quests just for that region, which I love. And I love that idea because if you want to try some of the new DLC out, you don't want to have a quest, you know, pop and like, oh, this quest is, you know, all in Golden Sands. Like, I don't want to check out Golden Sands. I already know what that is. I want to check out Forsaken Shores. So it's really nice that they have, you know, specific quests for that region. 
Yeah, it's also cool that uh, they give you extra um, experience for doing them and better rewards because it's like you're you're sailing into hard mode. <laughs> if you want to put the game on hard, go into this region, uh, and it's it's definitely a lot more difficult. Right, for sure. And you know, like we said, they do have Order of Souls and Gold Hoarders quests there. And it does seem like the skeletons are a little bit tougher, maybe. I mean, I didn't notice anything, you know, too advanced, but it seems like they're a little bit tougher than regular skeletons. Uh, I don't, I, I myself didn't see that, um, but um, they did have some of the, the gold-plated ones, and those ones are really frustrating. It could just be, too, where it, it felt tougher just because of the environment around us. So. That's a really good point. I think at very least, the environment makes does make it more difficult. Right. So you know, your Order of Souls quest will probably be a little harder because... You know, you have geysers going up around you. You have lava around you. So it's probably going to make it a little bit harder to do those quests just because of that. Yeah. I just thought of a situation that could happen, too. Imagine if you're doing a gold hoarders quest and you know, you're going for this X, but then some lava goes over. It's like, no, I, I can't dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they've programmed in so that it can't go into an area where lava would be. <laughs> they might have. Yeah, they might have. That, actually that would just be kind of, cool of funny, though. Yeah. I'd be like, no, get away, lava. <laughs> Just dig through the lava. <laughs> exactly. See if your shovel can handle that. <laughs> but um, the last type of thing, you know, obviously these Order Souls and Golhor missions, they're basically the same exact missions we're used to, just you know, in a different region. But the merchant missions are supposed to actually be a lot different for, I don't know if it's just for this region or if you can do these missions in other regions too, but it's called Cargo Runs, and Cargo Runs isn't supposed to happen until week three, so... It's something I definitely want to try when it comes out, but basically, I don't know if you know how cargo runs work yet. I myself don't. Okay, so basically, uh, cargo runs has three different new items, and it has bottles of rum, cloth, and plants, and basically, what you have to do is take these items and transport from one place to another. So, you might be going from, you know, a vendor on one island, you might be going to, like, those little tiny traders we talked about, you might have to bring one to one of those tiny traders somewhere, and the bottles of rum... Those can break if they get shaken too hard. So, you know, say if you're in a firefight with somebody and somebody shoots a cannon, they could break that those bottles of rum and then they're no good anymore. The cloth, you have to make sure the cloth doesn't get wet because it say it's in a storm or something. If it gets too wet, it's not usable. And the plants, the plants, you have to keep wet. You have to make sure the plants are watered. So it offers, you know, some different elements there. Where you have to protect the items. That's actually really cool yeah i'm really excited to try it out honestly especially the cloth one where it can't get wet like that one seems the hardest possibly how would you how would you keep one always always wet you would have to just like use your your bucket yeah i mean one of the things i heard from somebody as a strategy for that is you could purposely keep some water like uh in your lower decks oh. and then just you know water from the water in your lower decks so You'd have to obviously take a little bit of damage, but then keep a little bit of water down there for that plant. Yeah, crash into the um, into the dock a little bit when you're taking off, repair it, but then just don't get the water out. That's right. smart. But of course, if you have rum on there too, if you crash, then you know that rum might get shaken too hard, so you might you know damage your rum. So yeah, interesting. Wow, that adds a lot of a lot of depth just by adding three little things. No, I agree, and I love how you know you have to run it from different places because. The current merchant thing where you have to, you know, sell stuff to them. I think this is going to be a little bit more fun if it's how I think it's going to work. Because instead of going to all the outposts, you can actually go to different islands, sound like. So you can go from, you know, one island to the next island and deliver something to some random guy that's there. That's how it sounds like it's going to work. So that's really cool. That is. And I think it's a really good point that you brought up that the traders may be involved. Um, and I, I imagine they, they must be. 
Like, that must be one of the main reasons that they added the traders was for the cargo run. Right, I agree, because it sounds like, you know, these people are off in their own little shop, like, on their own little island, and they probably can't leave their shop, so they have to, you know, request somebody actually does the job for them. So, that lonely guy that we talked to in the wilds, we probably have to, you know, bring him some stuff and be like, hey, can you please bring me some plants? I need some plants so I'm not as lonely. Yeah. Bring him plants. (laughs) And then he kills them, and you have to keep bringing them. (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it sounds like a really cool thing though i'm really excited to try that so you know we'll have to link up again to do those cargo missions when it comes out i look forward to it but yeah that's you know the kind of civic missions that they have for that so um hopefully those go pretty well but we're going to talk about some of the accommodations for the dlc now so the accommodations that you have most of them are centered around the islands right now because in the first couple of weeks it's basically if you discover an island there's 15 islands like we talked about you get five doubloons for each island. So that's why we uh, fired ourselves off to ping one of those islands. We got the doubloons for it. But what we didn't get to try out too much is there's actually a little bit of storyline behind this. I forget her real name, but she's called like Captain Sorrow. And she's at the uh, Moro's Peak outpost. And if you talk to her, she tells you the story of like her crew and, you know, how they died. And there's, um, I forget his first name what they call him but this guy named jim he's at one of the other islands and basically he has a varying story of how uh captain sorrow basically betrayed the whole crew and now they're all dead so it sounds like you kind of have to figure out okay you know who's right like did this captain betray the crew or did something else just happen so it sounds like a really cool storyline check out there i I think her name was moro right yes yes but he called her sorrow that's yeah yeah and it was stitcher jim stitcher jim that's what it was thank you but they had five dead crewmates and you can get some doubloons from actually uh, finding their bodies. So there's Fetcher Farley, Ruby Carter, Old Coop, Flintlock Burt, and Hepzibah Jones. So I would imagine these bodies are, you know, coinciding with the islands that are there. So Fetcher Farley is probably on the Fetcher's Island. Ruby Carter is probably on the Ruby Island. And Flintlock Burt is probably on the Flintlock Island. Old Coop, though, and Hepzibah Jones, I'm sure you just have to figure out where they are on your own. So that's kind of cool that they have a couple you have to figure out on your own. That is. But you have to discover their bodies, basically. And I think by discovering their bodies, you get the 10 balloons that way. And hopefully you get some more clues about the story. Because from my taste, it sounds like from an outside perspective that Captain Sorrow did betray them all. But, you know, you never know. I mean, it could be something totally different. Yeah, it could be the Kraken attacked and she saved herself, which isn't a great thing for a captain to do. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you can't really blame her in some respect, I guess. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean if the you know kraken's gonna kill everyone or just kill a couple people i i guess you know it's better than everyone dying but i don't know and then bring them all <laughs> to separate islands or yeah i don't know my, my theory makes no sense yeah i mean what gets me is like stitcher jim he's on like an island by himself so and then captain morrow she's off at the only outpost in that region you know just by the tavern so it, it seems very suspect that she's at the tavern of the only outpost and then Stitcher Jim is all off an island by his own. So it seems like she just dumped him there and, you know, left him there. It does. It does. But hey, you know, it could be a twist in the story. And maybe, you know, Stitcher Jim is a bad guy. Who knows? Ooh. We'll have to find out, right? We will. But there's a couple other ways to get doubloons. Um, if you do five Devil's Roar voyages for the Gold Hoarders, you get five. If you do five Devil's Roar voyages for Order of Souls, you get um, 15 doubloons as well. And then you can get 10 doubloons for completing all of the Devil's Voyages accommodations, which that's um, if you find all the islands. And that also gives you the Master Devil's Voyager title if you do all the accommodations. So 
If you do every single combination, you get the Masters of Devil's Voyager title. And there's one called um, Devil's Cartographer. If you explore all the islands, you get the Devil's Cartographer title. So I'm looking forward to getting the title. That's uh, I think that's 165 doubloons all told. If you step on each island, do all of the Forsaken, Forsaken Shore Alliance crewmate quests, and do all of the Devil's Voyager stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't actually add it up. But I you know, trust your judgment there. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> But, um, you know, what are you going to do with these balloons? I mean, well, you can buy some new stuff. They have some new cosmetics that you can buy from Duke at the tavern. They ha- I don't know if you checked them out. I know I checked them out at the tavern. Um, I did not, no. Okay, I, I would definitely recommend checking them out the next time you go in the game because they're very cool looking. But you have um, Forsaken Ashes Blunderbuss, Forsaken Ashes Cutlass, Forsaken Ashes Eye of Reach, and Forsaken Ashes Flintlock. So these are all weapons that cost 15 doubloons each. And these weapons are all basically look like they were, you know, made from lava or ash. I think the coolest one is probably the Cutlass. It looks like it was, you know, still hot when it was made. And basically the version you get is still hot. It hasn't even cooled off yet, it looks like. So it's really cool. It looks like it has magma on it. And then there's obviously some, some ship customizations too. They have for 40 doubloons each. You have the figurehead, the whole livery, the sails, and the flag. And my personal taste, the whole livery looks the best. It's kind of a dark black wood with um, some red to it. And it looks really cool because it looks like it was made from, you know, volcanic wood or volcanic ash. So it looks really cool, honestly. But I don't know if you have any comments on those because you obviously didn't check them out. So Yeah, no, I didn't. But I, I do like the, the the fact that volcanoes go, go through everything in this entire DLC. So it's only fitting that you have magma related things and you have stuff that looks like it, it's infused with magma and it just and ash. It just really... Uh, I think they once again did a great job with with the design, with the making everything match. Right, definitely, I agree. And besides these cosmetics, um, at the Moros Peak Outpost, there were some new cosmetics there. I don't know if you want to talk about those at all. Uh, which ones were those? There was the whole Kraken set, and then the um, I forget what it's technically called, but it was like the bottom of the sea set, where it was like you know Curse Sea or something like that. But oh yeah, yeah, the the Kraken one was a lot of purple. Um, yes and uh it had like like uh viney to me it, it looked like vines like with thorns on it um but i guess it was like like kraken tendrils um and then they had the yeah it was like a crustacean type one like a bottom of the sea yeah. that's a good way to put it and uh that that was a lot of like crab related stuff and um i bought i bought a, quite a few of those things i think i bought the kraken belt which was like a a gold it was a gold centerpiece with uh with a lightning bolt in it and it just it tied my outfit together beautifully yeah and i actually bought the bottom of the sea one and I, honestly it looks great in my person like i have a female pirate and i bought like the dress i bought the belt the uh, gloves and stuff and i bought that all four and honestly it looks really good like i love the look of it so it's got like a lot of blues like a very light blue but also has some like red and oranges that are kind of bright so it really makes you feel like you're at the bottom of the sea you know kind of like um more like caribbean kind of sea so it's really cool actually i think for sure once again they they did a great job making making pieces that all match but all are 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 unique at the same time and don't necessarily have to go as a set definitely i mean you can mix and match and you know try something out so the kraken peg leg was awesome yeah i didn't buy that one but it definitely looks cool honestly (laughs) which i'd love to buy um either the kraken weapons or the uh like crustacean weapons because I haven't actually bought those yet, but they look pretty cool too. And I'd love to, you know, take around, you know, the cutlass with me and have like a little crack in the cutlass or something. 
That's really cool. I didn't even get a chance to see uh, any anything else. I went to the clothes shop like I always do, but I didn't I didn't check out any of the other ones. So I'll have to get back in there. Yeah, I only checked the weapons for a second, I think. So I don't have a good picture in my head of what they look like at the moment. But I remember they're pretty cool. Actually. But um, so at the end here, I kind of had, you know, one question for us to discuss a little bit. So the previous two DLCs, I know a lot of people, you know, came into the game, you know, especially with Hungering Deep. They did the DLC, then they left the game again. And, you know, Cursed Sales is kind of the same thing where people, you know, jumped in for the DLC, checked it out, they left the game again. So my question for you is, do you think this is the kind of the DLC that the game needed? Like, do you think this is going to draw people back into the game permanently and kind of keep them in the game? Because the last two seem more like, okay, do this event and then you're good. Like, this seems like more of a DLC to me personally that kind of keeps players playing. No, I definitely agree. I think it depends how much they they continue to do. And, uh, you know, people are, are always going to come and go. But I think that this DLC is going to hold people longer than any of the others. Because there's new entire areas to explore. There's new elements. They're adding on entirely new, um, you know, the, all the, the cargo runs. So... And it's also you're able to to level up faster because you get higher um, rewards from doing things out in uh, out in this area. So I think the the Devil's Roar is definitely something that the game needed and that the DLC will bring people back and keep them for longer than the others have at very least. Right. I agree with that for sure, because I know myself, like we jumped in for like three or four hours and. We didn't even get through half of the stuff available with it. So, and they're adding more with the cargo runs and stuff. So, there's going to be more coming for this DLC in third week. For sure. I mean, the Hungering Deep, like that was just an event. And then they kept um, the Meg. But the keeping the Meg didn't keep people coming back. It's not like, oh, I hope we get attacked by the Meg. Um, it, it's just like another, it's an awesome thing. I'm glad they did it. But I don't think it's something that was intended to keep people coming back like an entirely new area of the map will right i agree because it's the first time we've had new islands and stuff and i think for a lot of people it's not something you can just jump in in one session knock it out and go because like the hungry and deep i think i jumped in for like a five-hour session i did everything you could do for the hungry and deep in like five hours and then i was done yeah and there were a lot of really frustrating things when we were doing the uh the ghost ships when when those came up like not being there at the right time or them taking forever to spawn or not spawning because you're not um it was too too quick or too late um but this you can you can come and go anytime you want um and it's it's just going to add a there's so many islands to explore and relearn the topography and how to navigate them and all their little quirks right i think what's cool about this too is unlike the previous two dlcs you know the enemy isn't the, like a certain thing the enemy is the environment itself which i think it's really cool because like you mentioned with the cursed sales, it was really frustrating. You know, we'd get like the whole cursed sales competition or like whatever you want to call it, you know, event. We get the whole thing done except for like two ships and we'd sail back and the ships wouldn't spawn again. So we'd have to restart the entire thing. And with the hungering deep as well, I know um, when we were trying to do that, the Meg, it seemed like it was really hard to spawn the Meg sometimes. So we, you know, had to jump in the water, play some music. We were, we were trying to figure out how to spawn the Meg. And it took a while to actually spawn the Meg. With this, with Forsaken Shores, it's not about, okay, I have to go here. I have to try and spawn something. Hope it stays there. Fight it. You know, be done. With this, it's the environment is actually the enemy. So, you know, the volcanoes, the geysers, 
you know, the boiling water, the environment is the enemy. So the environment is what you're trying to face. And that's not something that's going to spawn in or spawn out. That's something that's always there. Absolutely. Now, this is a, a theme that I've theorized Rare has been has been trying to maintain throughout. They created this game and they found that people were fighting each other. So they created, you know, the Meg, something that people would have to fight together. And I'm pretty sure you had to have five people playing the drums, playing that specific song in order to spawn yes, it. Yes, you did. So you needed a second crew. And then when they did this, uh, when they did the Curse Sales, same thing. You needed more than one. Like, you could do it yourself if you had a really good crew. But realistically, you needed two ships to take on that thing. So I, I feel like their intention is to get people to play together, to work together, and they create keep doing these events to to bring PvP down. I think creating a PvE element is going to do what they're looking to do without having forcing people to play together, without forcing people to try and use the alliance system, and without forcing people to go, hey, you have to go to this specific spot at this specific science time and do this specific thing. It's a lot more open world, but it also brings the PvP down by adding a PvE element. No, I absolutely agree with you. And I think this is a better way to do it, too, because if you're someone that likes PvE, you know, your goal is not to... I mean, obviously, you don't want a PvP if you're someone that really likes PvP, PvE, sorry. But with PvE, you know, someone that wants to really face the environment, they want that challenges in the environment. And that's what Forsaken Shores offers. You know, with the other things they try to do with like cursed sales and stuff, that's basically forcing a PVE player to, you know, link up with someone else and then possibly be betrayed by that person. So that basically, you know, offers more opportunity for uncertain PVP. So it kind of does the opposite of what they wanted, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. I think that they they really I think that they are rounding this game out really, really well. And anybody who bought in at this game when it first came out for for the the original price and now all of this DLC is continuing to be added on has really made out really well. They continue to build the game up. They continue to expand it. There's areas on the map where there's swirling uh, nothingness that you know there's going to be something there eventually. Rare's going to get there. They just haven't yet. So now they have they have the Meg. They have a Kraken. They have all of these islands that people can explore. And then now they've created an entire new section where if you want to just grind, you just want to relax and grind in classic uh, Sea of Thieves manner, you can just do normal quests. Or if you want to PvP but you can't find any people, now you can just follow the clouds and go to uh, a ghost ship. If you want to fight a bunch of skeletons and, and get a whole bunch of loot from one place, you can go to a, a skull fort. And if you want to do the normal grind but at an accelerated pace and with a lot more excitement and danger, then you can go out to Devil's Roar. And I, I think that they are continuing to expand this game in really, really good ways. I always have loved Rare, and this game just continues to show me why. No, I definitely agree with you. And let's remember the biggest part of this, too. All of this DLC is free, so we're not having to pay for any of this. I mean, that's one of the greatest things about this is that you know, all these people that are complaining, like, I don't see why they're complaining so much because everything you're getting is free. So if it's not exactly what you wanted, it's still free. And it's not like you have to do it. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I love that part of it. And I don't know exactly what's coming next because they haven't really announced much, but I think they're going to have at least one more before the year's end. And that's going to be really cool. That is really cool. And it, I mean, just to compare it to another, you know, huge game, 
think of Destiny. There, there have been mo- a bunch of expansions on it. I- ironically, I-, I think it was what called Forsaken. It was, yeah. <laughs> so they drop for <laughs> they drop a Forsaken of their own, but theirs you have to pay in order to play it. And now that one did add a lot more depth to it. But there were a couple of I played one of the DLCs that was like I beat it in like two hours and I paid twenty bucks for it. Like, is it really worth worth the money when you compare it to a game like Sea of Thieves where we played for what four or five hours? And we barely scratched the surface of what's available in this DLC, and it didn't cost me anything. Exactly, and that's awesome because I mean, you compared it. You know, you paid twenty bucks for a DLC. You said that you know we played two hours of. We just played like four or five hours. We probably still have another at least ten hours in this DLC, just exploring everything. You know, doing like all the accommodations. You probably have at least another ten hours in here, and you paid nothing for it. Absolutely value, brother. No, I definitely love that about it, and. I mean, the one thing I'm still a little bit down on CFTs for, which I think they're moving in the right direction, is it seems like it's still a big time sink because it's not a game where you can jump in for like one hour, get something done, you know, feel good about your session and then go to work for something. Like, it seems like a game you really have to block out a whole night for. That's really, really true. There, There's no quick matches in this. It's It's all or it's many hours or nothing. I'm wondering if the cargo runs might be quicker. 30 minute hour long things that you can you can go in do a thing and leave right i hope so because that's one of the things that kind of keeps me from playing this more often because i don't have a lot of nights free where i'm like okay i can set up a whole night and you know go do this because that's why like um when we play together on saturday i try to you know find someone to link up with ahead of time because i'm like okay i actually have a night free for once let's try to set up a night absolutely (laughs) one more thing that i i continually come back to is just the look of this game when in my experience when we first started sailing in i came into this into playing with you knowing nothing i did not know anything that was going to be happening i didn't know anything about the the new dlc which was awesome for me because when that first volcano in the distance started erupting and those rocks were flying through the air flaming rocks and coming down all around us almost hitting the ship and that was absolutely the the graphics in this game now i'm running on an xbox one x scorpio so maybe i'm maybe i have a a, an advantage as far as the graphics go but for a cartoony look to the way that it looks it was oh it was breathtaking for me to watch this volcano explode around me having not expected it at all no i agree and even from my perspective i mean from listening to other podcasts and stuff, I knew what was in the DLC, but I had never experienced it yet. So even from my perspective, knowing what I'm going to be looking forward to, okay, I know there's going to be volcanoes. I know there's rowboats. Like I knew some of this stuff was there, but even from my perspective, it was still amazing to see because like there's even things like the geysers. I didn't even know the geysers were a thing. So when I first saw a geyser, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know about that. So like even when you don't, you know, you think you know everything you're going to be running into, they have surprises for you. They do, and it's it's awesome. One one thing that I don't think we mentioned that I noticed that would be a, a detracting. Other than my my only other gripe is the 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 rowboat glitches, which were were funny, but in a, right. in a long term session playing a couple of days like in a row, not not in one session, would be that would get really frustrating to just not have it working. The other thing I noticed was that there was a lot of lag in that region. And now I'm plugged directly hardwired into my internet 
and I have really good internet and I'm the only person using it and I was getting lag. I think that was a server issue. It probably was, yeah, and I definitely agree with the robots. I mean, the robots, they really need to fix that issue because for us, it was kind of funny because it was the first time we tried it, but I can see how it's not funny very fast. Like, if you played this for like a week straight every day, it would get very old very fast. Absolutely. So they really need to fix those robot glitches, especially the one where you sit halfway in the boat. I mean, that's just ridiculous because you can't even see anything. Like the one that shoots you up in the air, it's kind of fun, honestly. But <laughs> it is. Now, now we we compared to Destiny a little. The other game that I play a lot of is uh, NHL. So NHL every year they release a new one and they change a bunch of stuff. They have a whole year to release this stuff and perfect it. And it is some of the glitchiest crap I've ever played. Comparatively, the biggest thing I can I can gripe about is that there was a minor glitch with that was not in any way game breaking and was actually comedic. That there's a glitch with the rowboats, and it might have just again been that one rowboat. If that's the worst thing that's glitchy, like compared to a AAA, whatever five billion dollar company, like they're they're doing an amazing job. Right, I agree, and. I mean, just to compare the studios real quick, like, I think it just really shows based on the studios because Rare actually cares what their community thinks. Like, they, you know, listen to the community and they actually care what they think. Like, EA, honestly, you know, to be frank, EA doesn't give a shit. I mean, EA just, oh, well, you give us your money? Okay, we're good. Like, EA doesn't care. I, I just, I, I want to stick up for EA a little bit. EA is awful. Everybody hates EA, and there's a really good reason for it. But I think that people complain about EA games no matter what because they're EA games and I think people are more forgiving of a game like like uh Sea of Thieves because I think that the community is much more reasonable in their expectations and much more reasonable in their criticisms and I think that makes it easier for Rare to respond to them in a positive way and to to care what they think but if you're constantly being like spewed spewed like all this venom at you're gonna have to turn off to it there's nothing you can do like if you always upset everyone, how how can you ever take their criticisms fairly? No, I I agree with that. I mean, I, I see your points there. It just it feels like EA doesn't, you know, interact as well with their community as Rare does. Like it seems like Rare, you know, really tries to interact with their community in a positive way. I, I definitely agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. But yeah, I mean I, I think that's, you know, pretty much the thoughts we had in Forsaken Shores, unless you have any, you know, closing thoughts. No, it's beautiful. If you haven't bought this game yet, do yourself a favor go out buy it give it a, just give it a chance they're continuing to add more stuff even if you don't even if you're not crazy about the new dlc there's still old stuff that you can do and there's more stuff on the way it's definitely worth the price tag and will continue to grow in in value as the game continues on exactly and as meter just said here you know all this future dlc that's coming it's all going to be free so if you go out and buy the game today you know if they release a dlc three months from now you still have that dlc if they release a DLC six months from now, you're going to get that DLC. So why not just go out and buy it and then you have anything for the game's future? Absolutely. But yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this, you know, uh, take on Forsaken Shores. I think we covered, you know, most of the stuff that's going to be available in there and already is available. And I think we had a lot of fun with this. And I think that's, you know, one of the cool things about Sea of Thieves is, you know, no matter what, you have some kind of experience you can remember. Like just um, going back to the robots really fast that you're talking about. We're always going to remember that glitchy thing we have with the robo. It's like, even if they fix that glitch, they don't fix it. It was still a memory for us. So that's really cool. Absolutely. I will always remember the time the Meg flew. I will always remember the time that my fingers were on backwards and completely broken. <laughs> and I'll always remember flying 
500 feet in the air and crashing down to the ocean floor. And you actually just reminded me of another glitch, too. Um, after I died when we were playing Forsaken Shores, uh, Joe Badiah actually appeared as a green skeleton to me, oh, and you guys yeah. all thought I was crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> so. nobody else saw it but you. He was yeah. normal for everybody but you. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was the craziest thing. Like, he literally appeared as a green skeleton. I'm like, whoa, he's a green glowing skeleton. So that's a very funny glitch. And if you've ever experienced that glitch, I'm, I'm sure you thought it was funny, too. It, it, it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> the game's always a lot of fun, even when it's glitching. It's it's an awesome game. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, thank you for everyone for listening to this Forsaken Shores DLC talk here. Um, I will remind everyone real quick our notes from the top of the podcast. Our next stream will be Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. And then our next episode is going to be on Saturday. That's another State of Decay 2 episode. So hopefully you tune into those and I'll see you there. But Meter, if people want to contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, I mean, you can you can check me out on uh, on Twitter. It's just Meter, M-E-A-D-E-R. Um, and I'm, um, of course, on your Discord. So uh, hit me up in either of those places. Uh, if you Google, if you Google my name, um, you'll probably you'll probably find stuff from me. So. And you might even find him on his island and see a thieves. <laughs> Come visit me on my <laughs> island and see a thieves. You know, he'll sell you something for a discount. You just mentioned you listen to the podcast, he'll give you a discount. I will give you a free <laughs> gift if you mention this podcast. <laughs> exactly. But I do also want to mention um, We Need to Talk is your podcast. If you want to, you know, let people know a little bit about that just in case they want to check it out. Yeah, it's just a, it's a podcast where me and my best friend talk about Anything we want to talk about. Sometimes we talk about euthanasia and sometimes we talk about sandwiches. So pretty much any topic that you want to you want to hear about, we've probably talked about it. We've got 117 episodes, been doing it for a little over two years. And uh, we're really, really lucky to have the community we have and to, to continue to grow. And uh, we've had you on the show. Yes. And I was on, I believe it was episode 109 and 110. So, you know, definitely want to, if you want to check those out as like kind of a intro episode. You can at least hear me, who you're already familiar with, and you can kind of get a feel for their show a little bit. Absolutely. But in terms of me, if you want to contact me, you can contact me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can contact me on Twitter or on Xbox. My gamer tag and Twitter is the same thing. It'll be capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. And I will also have my Discord link in the show notes. In addition, I will put um, links for We Need to Talk in the show notes if you want to check that out. So hopefully you guys check that out as well. And if you want to find the podcast, I'm sure you're already listening to it somehow. But if you want to listen to it a different way, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Acast, Blueberry, Podbean. Check out, check us out in any of those directories. And you know, we really appreciate you listening. And Meter, thank you again for joining the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, playing some more CFDs with you. Definitely. I'm you know excited to try out those cargo runs when they come out. So we'll have to set something up for those cargo runs for sure. Outstanding. But thank you again to the listeners for listening. We really appreciate it. And thank you once again for listening to The Blaze Experience. <laughs>